Welcome back to the Great Parachute Podcast. Um, I'm Gerard, and I'm Emery. This is your, and by the way, I'm, I just said I'm gonna say this. This is your recruiter's favorite podcast. It is. <laughs> your recruiter is just looking at tips that we give. Anyway, go ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> um, want to thank you guys for uh, joining us uh, for our, another topic episode uh, today. Um, but before we get into that, uh, definitely want uh, to just reiterate. Uh, where you can listen to us uh, as far as a podcast that we've uh, talked about. We're on 10 plus uh, outlet channels, uh, some of the most popular being um, obviously Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, and even Stitcher. Uh, we got Breaker, Cast, I'm just read them all Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and I think you mentioned Stitcher. So wherever you get your podcast fill, we're there. Just type in Great Parachute and you'll see us. And uh, don't forget to subscribe uh, when you listen to the podcast, like, and even uh, on your social media, if you want to repost it, if you particularly like something about the episode, feel free to repost it and uh, tag at Great Parachute. It's not a, it's a shameful plug. Just put put hashtag Great Parachute, uh, at Great Parachute. Uh, definitely uh, tell more people about us. And a big thing to check out uh, as well is contacting us directly. We're on all sort of social networks. We're on Facebook, Great Parachute, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and we even connect with me and Gerard individually ourselves on LinkedIn. Um, but also, if you want to reach out to us directly, we have hello at greatparachute.com. So we've been getting some emails with things people want to talk about, some pretty interesting hot topics. So definitely do that. If you got some topics you want to talk about or you're interested in, in hopping on and having a conversation with us, uh, definitely let us know. Yeah, and you can always uh, email us. Uh in terms of the podcast, uh, generically at hello at greatparachute.com, um, questions, comments, feedback, um, any feedback you have on the audio quality, uh, we we anticipate and we look forward to hearing from you in, in all those respects. Right on. And uh, today, um, our topic is titled, Don't Quit Your Night Job. Um, that can definitely mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but... Uh, in this episode, we wanted to kind of to discuss uh, something that's really important. Uh, we talk about different topics that are related to uh, everyday occurrences at work and, and everything else. But on a personal note, there's something that we always need to do, too. And that's always having some type of work-life balance. And, um, and obviously, uh, a big part of that is making sure that uh, we keep personal interests um, to be able to keep that balance. I think about that too. Um, well, I think we said it in the very first episode. Uh, I don't chase money; I chase flexibility. Mm-hmm. So you really want to keep that in mind, having that work-life balance. But this is your brainchild, Gerard, and I definitely want to hear more about what do you mean when you say not quitting your day job? What? Why do you need a night job? And like, what's some of the benefits? So I'm, I'm, I'm asking because I'm curious. I want to know. Uh, so why don't you flesh this out for us? Yeah, definitely. So I think one of the most important things I found, even in personal experiences, um, it's good to have something that you do for you. Yeah. Um, Because we're so many things to so many people, whether it's at work, whether it's at home. um, And it's severely important to keep some type of sanity, so to speak, when it comes to we all have something that we're interested in, something that appeals to us, something that we're looking for to uh, learn more about. And many of us have hobbies. Um, But as, you know, life gets complicated and uh, the days uh, begin to hamster wheel sometimes, 
you know, we might lose sight and focus on those things um, and they kind of fade to the background. But the reality is, is that those things are a part of who we are. And so we don't want to lose who we are for the sake of maintaining consistency in everyday living. Mm. That's fair. You know, so I, I, I had a, a lunch with a young lady recently and she was saying how she loves to cook. She invited me out to a Israeli restaurant in the city. Interesting spot. And funny, when she referred to place, I was like, what you know about this? What do you know about, you know, random ethnic restaurants and stuff <laughs> like that? And come to find out that she really loves to cook. And she thought about maybe being a personal chef and people like that. And I was like, you know what? We were going to be talking about that on a podcast. And, but, Gerald, when you think people have those sort of passion projects or those side things that they want to do, like what what holds them back from doing it? What do you think? I think it's just that first step. With everything, um, I think everybody is a little apprehensive on that first step because we know that once we take the first step, we either overthink it or we think that we need to have you know some some real grand uh, setup or uh, something really involved to be able to do it because we want to say, oh, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it the right way. But um, there was a phrase that um, I heard a while ago, and it's something I kind of uh, live by and prescribe to that, you know, done is better than perfect. Mm. You know, sometimes we, we get so involved in worrying about, oh, it's, I have to have my mind right. I have to have this. Um, sometimes you just need to do it. Um, and when you get something done, once you get it done, then you may critique it or you may see where you need to go further from there. Um, but getting it done is always better than, you know, holding out and hemming and hawing over it. So done is always better than perfect because at the end of the day, nothing is ever going to be perfect, but you can always improve. But if you don't take that first step to get started, you're not even on the journey. That's fair. I say that a lot. You ever realize the word whispers and things? I say that's fair. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I just got to get a new word. Anyway, yeah. So, all right. So having that secondary hobby, that side hustle, that job, that stuff's really good, but then you know, like what are like the benefits? Like, what are the biggest reasons would you say for having one? So, um, a lot of times, I think it's important because we may all have um, a regular job yeah. um, that we go to, and we can definitely um, love our job and you know fully be into it. But it may not tap into all aspects of our personality okay. and things that we're interested in. So, you know, the question may come up like, do you need a night job? Um, you could say you don't necessarily need a night job, um, but when we say a night job, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you go and apply to and you have to clock in and somebody's telling you, oh, you have to be on schedule mm -hmm. this Wednesday. No, we're talking about just, you know, passion projects or, you know, hobbies. Um, sometimes those things, you know, kind of roll and manifest themselves into something larger or of a bigger scale. But um, when we say night job, it's like everybody has their, you know, their everyday nine to five or if you work night, you know, the opposite. <laughs> but um, having a night job is something that you do outside of work that, you know, you find interesting, you find cool. And at the end of the day, it brings you some type of enjoyment. It could be putting together puzzles. You know, that could include your family as well. So it doesn't mean you have to necessarily. Hey, aren't you building a chair right now? <laughs> I am. See, <laughs> like it's, I'm you're literally building a chair. I'm literally building a chair. I have this whole thing where I like to build things out of two by fours. 
and be as creative as I can with using, you know, average, you know, lumber you can find at Home Depot. So that's one of my, you know, hobbies or, you know, passion projects. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, and it's something that you don't necessarily have to, you know, lock yourself in a room for, you know, five hours a night during the week. But, you know, maybe something you just do, you know, for two or three hours on the weekend or, you know, every other night if you have time, if your, your lifestyle allows it. But it's important because when you think about it, anytime you need to do anything, there always needs to be some type of benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the benefit that comes from that is being able to exercise your mind, being able to have some stress relief, being able to, to feel some type of accomplishment, you know, in doing something that you actually know you like, you love, and that, you know, you ultimately fulfilled it. You said something, and I should be agreeing with you all the time, but I don't. So... She said, <laughs> if your lifestyle allows. And I had a conversation with a young lady. Um, I don't know when I'm going to start saying names. I think if we get big enough, I'm just going to start. I'm going to start saying names and be like, like do what you want to do legally. Like, we're not <laughs> at that point, so I still got to be careful with names. Um, but she says how young young women, millennials, technically, I think for you, are still millennial too. We both are millennials. Yeah, we just make the cut off. Yeah, so she talks about it's a really great thing. I, You said. People, if your lifestyle allows, I don't care what you do. I don't care how many children you have. I don't care how broke you are. Everyone needs to have an activity or something that they enjoy because it's re- it's you are killing yourself if you don't have something that, that like you, you can go to. True. Now, I don't know what it is. I'm trying to think about myself. Okay. All right. I play video games maybe a couple hours a week. Sure. I'm starting to get into working out because I need well, I'm tired of being extra fat. So uh, you like that? You like that word extra? <laughs> like I could be regular, but now I'm like I'm extra. I'm I'm like I gotta get surgery for my hip type type of heavy. So or but but at the same time, it's a great pair of shoes. Like I enjoy talking to people about work because I understand how to navigate it. Like this is essentially our passion project, mm-hmm. and, and so we think about. And so I wonder: is it a cultural and is it an age thing? Because you know, I see older individuals, they mess, they may not necessarily, but then you know, our, our parents and grandparents were just a different breed. Like, they just worked and worked and not worked. Like, that was it. They was working or not working. Yeah. So, so they don't really speak to the stresses that they may have, but it's a whole different type of uh, world. And I don't want to take too much from your point, but it's just like, you, there's no excuse to not have a to not have something that you enjoy. You have to make room for it. You hurt. You have to. You have yeah. to give yourself that time. If not, you're hurting you and you're hurting everyone connected to you. That's just how I, I, I view it. And I, I think it's it's unreasonable and irresponsible to not. I sounded real serious there for a second. I'm sorry. But it's just, it's hey, just man, true. That's what it's about. Um, and, and, and overall, you know, like we said, you know, if we think about the title, Don't Quit Your Night Job, that means that, you know, you have one. It may be um, kind of dormant at this point, but, you know, the idea is, is don't give up on it. You know, don't quit it because obviously you have to, you know, do what you need to do with your regular work. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that's all that defines you, mm-hmm. you know. And at the end of the day, even if like you have kids or you have family, um, it's important for people to understand. Like you were saying, like, you know, you talk about like some of uh, you know, grandparents, or older generation, and then like you find out or you hear stories like, Oh, Grandpa, you used to do this? Like, because, you know, you never experienced them doing these things or, you know, being around you. But, you know, 
you want to make sure that you maintain those things because those are things that you can, you know, express as far as interests, either in your kids or your brothers and sisters or family or cousins or whatever. But if you kind of let those things go by the wayside, they lose that connection point of, you know, who you are. That's funny you mention that because uh, my wife, she's a reader. My mom has always done some, some, she's always done something. Now she like makes vases and stuff like that. My sister paints now. Mm-hmm. My dad used to do voiceover work, I guess is why I like speaking. And then he did poetry as a child. He needs to do more of it. And he likes to paint. So I, I, I guess I've just always had that. You got to do something. You got to enjoy what you're, what you're doing. But like, what are some like reasons, like just straight up reasons you feel in, in terms of like having this sort of passion project or night job, as you call it? Um, I think overall, like I even read an article one time and it, it kind of, you know, helped me realize it can feed into this. And it was, I think it was in a Huffington Post article at one point. And, you know, it kind of broke down seven top reasons to have a hobby. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the key ones, the absolute number one, and I even think they had it in bold was relief stress. Um, you know, it may sound counterintuitive. But, you know, it's true in the essence of, you know, you say like, oh, if I put time and now I have to fit something else in my schedule, how is that supposed to help me relieve stress? What the truth is, is because the activity itself takes your mind away from worrying about other things and you, you know, you can get lost in it and, you know, have enjoyment, have fun, you know, depending on what it is, you know, you can find yourself, you know, laughing again, you know, getting, you know, uh, your mind kind of clear from the things that you're dealing with on a daily basis that may be taxing. So number one, relieve stress is on the top of the list. And we all can use, you know, less stress in our life. And we know the more we bottle things up or the more we just kind of, you know, throw it over our shoulder, you know, the worse it will, you know, kind of uh, act on us mentally, health-wise. So definitely number one would be uh, relieving stress. Second one, promotes happiness. You know, at the end of the day, um, it's all of our responsibility, obviously, to uh, to make sure we we continue to contribute and maintain our happiness. Um, it's it's a personal thing that we need to do, but sometimes you need something to help you promote it. You know, and sometimes adding something or putting something back into your life that you found uh, enjoying or you had a connection with will help you maintain that happiness. Okay, I messed that up again. Okay. Yeah. Um, number three, we can definitely say uh, it provides a social outlet. You know, that's the one I'm really interested in. Like, what do you mean social outlet? Like, connecting with other people? What do you, what do you, when you hear that, what do you think social outlet means? Yeah, definitely. Sometimes we get kind of stuck in a, a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we talked about networking not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um you know, whatever your hobby is or whatever your quote-unquote night job can be, your interest, um, it can be a social outlet to connect you with people that you would normally connect with. Mm. Um, whether it's a group, whether, you know, maybe you're into um, shooting pool or going bowling, you know, you'd be part of a league. Um, so, you know, you link up with like-minded, interested, you know, people in those different hobbies um, and it can be a way for you to connect with people and meet people you probably wouldn't meet on a normal basis if, you know, you just got stuck in the everyday routine. I still got to get used to saying stuff that might be construed as wrong <laughs> or alienating. 
I want to say it either way. Yo, bowlers <laughs> are the <laughs> don't sleep on bowlers. The yeah. wildest group of people. Have you ever watched a legit bowling competition? Oh yeah, it's no joke. Like I was engaged. Like I'm not. It's like oh whatever. Actually, bowling, you mentioned bowling and, and curling. Watch curling during the Olympics. Like I was in it. Mm-hmm. Like I was like standing up. Like I don't know. I don't know a Canadian name, but that that uh, young Hoosier from up there. She, I mean, is that that's Indiana? That's Indiana. Oh no, this young woman. I, all I kept thinking of was wow. She's killing it, and I want some maple syrup. Like, that's all I kept thinking. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so so I get, I get what you're saying in terms of um, the social aspect. You're right. Absolutely. Um, another thing where we number four, uh, it can bring new challenges. So having a hobby, you know, can bring new challenges into focus for you. And sometimes, you know, it's important for us to challenge ourselves. Um, it's important to introduce things that make you, you know, think a little bit differently or make you kind of, you know, kind of have to sit back and, and use your brain a little bit more. Um, and those type of new challenges kind of opens up, you know, new ways of you being able to think about things, um, think outside the box. It even helps, you know, in terms of communication. Mm. Um, because when you challenge yourself now, you think on a little bit of a different wavelength uh, when it comes to things because you've been presented with a challenge. And at some point, you've more than likely... Uh, overcome that challenge. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, all right. Your chair. Just harken back to your chair. That's a challenge. You want know, to make sure it's comfortable. Well, that's the only. Com- that's the only challenge, right? Like it's. That's all you really hope for. But as I, I mean, I see it whenever. No, I not by, even. Like, There's even more challenges in building. It's a chair, though. It is a chair, but how many have you made? Wait. No. We no, no, we no. just buy chairs. Like we don't no, think no, about no, the construct. No. 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 Wait, wait, what challenge do you want from your chair to be that is sturdy and as comfortable? What else do you want from it? No, so that's that's an end game, that's a goal, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the challenge. The challenge is the building of the chair itself. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, okay. Symmetry, okay. you know, making sure it's, you know, it's balanced. Those are things that present themselves in the process of building the chair that you may not necessarily think about going into it. You know, you'd be like, oh, it looks, you know, okay, or it feels okay, but visually it might be lopsided. So now it's like, you know, do I take the whole thing apart? Do I do something to offset? You know, these are things that come up. You know, I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to disrespect you and your chair building process, but I swear to God, if this, this chair don't end up being comfortable, it's a failed challenge. Like, that's all I care about. No, but of course, but like, you can't get to that point unless, you know. You, my man, I'm not trying to get into the wabi-sabi of why your chair <laughs> needs to be a certain way, but like, okay, okay, sure, okay. The challenges of yeah. the symmetry of a chair, I need to be not lopsided and comfortable, but whatever. That, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. Next one, go ahead. <laughs> All right, what is this, number five? Uh, gives you a confidence boost. That's true. That does do that. Um, and that's important because, you know, a lot of times there aren't a lot of things that can help boost your confidence, but... When you have something um, that you do and, you know, it's a passion project and you're involved with it, it takes you out of the the normal uh, realm of uh, comfort sometimes. And like we said, you overcome challenges. And then when you get to this point, when you overcome those things, it gives you a confidence boost because now you face something uh, that was a challenge in something that you like to do. 
And then now you overcome it. So now you have a confidence boost in your capabilities of doing things that you may have not been comfortable with or may be new. Um, and so now you're more willing to kind of venture into doing things and, and you know, going into that realm of uh, familiarity or even, you know, um, things that you may not necessarily feel comfortable with. Okay. That's a good one. I remember when I speak into the mic. That's a good one, um, especially with the, like, the confidence. You feel good when you do something. You know something new and you're learning and you're, you know. It's like a kid learning something new in school. Like how many times did your kid bring something home? Like, Daddy, look what I learned. Look what I'm doing now. They're all mm-hmm. excited. They're all proud. You don't really care. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. You probably are interested in what your child does. I don't have kids. But, yeah, still. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> yeah, right? But, but, but you're interested. You care. So that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, and, and and connected to that as well, um, it gives you the ability to want to do things, right? And want to do them more. And then it also leads you, as a side point as well, you're more interesting, mm-hmm. right? You have something to talk about than, yeah. you know, the everyday, you know, what's going on that everybody already knows, you know? Like, nobody knows I build chairs until now. But, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's... But that's just one of the things, you know, that I do. I'll be really, I'm not, I, I, we, well, we don't curse in this podcast. I don't curse for a little, but I'll be darned if, if we go somewhere. I'm like, you guys do that great out of Paris, you guys. How's that chair going, Gerard? I'll be real <laughs> upset. Like, like, get out of here. We don't want, we don't want to network with you. Like, I, but no, but that would be I'm going to use the, I'm going to use the chair as, <laughs> as a future uh, thumbnail for the podcast. <laughs> You should, yeah, that's a good point. That would be yeah, hilarious. Might as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Ah, all right. Don't stop building your dreams. You know, <laughs> you know the chair in the background. And it'd be Molly Petty. So I remember when I accidentally a couple minutes ago I said a Hoosier. I'm like, that's from, you know, the movie Hoosiers with uh, Gene Hackman. A uh, Canadian is called a Canuck. Mm. And I, fun fact, side note, just throwing that out there, I, I do know my, my, my slurs, not my slurs, that's not a slur, my, uh, my slang. So Canadian slang is what you call a Canadian Canuck. Mm. I think it's a team called that too. But anyway, all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. All right, I think we're at six. Um, good for physical health, right? Uh, we can all benefit from you know something that will increase or maintain our physical health. And obviously, you know, one of your your hobbies uh, or passions could obviously be working out, or just the fact of you know, even if it's not purely just going to the gym. It could be something that keeps you active, um, and and that in itself, you know, contributes to good physical health, and it's something that we should all take seriously, and you know, think about making sure we have something in our life that continues to promote that as well. Number seven, uh, something that I feel is severely important, and I've definitely felt it at different points. Um, having a hobby can stop burnout. Um, just you know, working and living and, you know, paying bills and, you know, dealing with the everyday um, responsibilities can severely take a toll on you mentally, physically. And, you know, both of those things need to be protected, you know. And sometimes the only way to kind of uh, alleviate that to some degree and stop that mental burnout or even physical burnout is to have something that kind of rejuvenates you. That gives you that, you know, revitalization that you need to be able to continue. And uh, definitely having a hobby can facilitate that. And so we all need to kind of think about 
what it is that I like to do. What did I used to like to do? Or, you know, if we have friends, you know, if they've invited us to do something and it's not necessarily our thing, try it out. Mm. You know, you never know what can happen. You might actually enjoy it. And that could be your thing. That could be your hobby. Um, So at the end of the day, you know, even with those top seven reasons, it kind of really gives kind of some forward momentum to being able to, you know, think more about yourself and take care of yourself. It's all always important to uh, to take care of you. Um, you know, you may have people in your life that care about you and that do look after you, but um, they're not with you 24-7. So it's always important to make sure you take care of you. And sometimes it it takes you taking time just for you away from everything else sometimes to be able to do that properly. You speak of like, you know, it sounds like there's something behind that. <laughs> you speak from emotion right now. But I, I totally agree. Burnout is real. And I've seen it from so many people. I'm the biggest advocate of not letting it happen. If you scent or smell a little bit of a burnout, if you if you smell a little burning, just stop, pause, and figure life out. It is not worth burning out at all, like ever. But unfortunately, it does happen. But gotta be careful of it. Gotta check it now while you can. Absolutely. And overall, the key to all of this is making sure that each of us is working on our own happiness. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this is one thing that can contribute to that. Um, and at the end of the day, you may try your hand at a couple different hobbies, you know. You may have to try to figure out if it's a good hobby or not. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're not challenging yourself, that may be an indication that maybe it's not, you know, a good choice for a hobby. You want to have something that, you know, challenges you to a bit, uh, certain extent. And makes just makes you feel like you're actually accomplishing something. Um, I know even with the you know with us doing Great Parachute, you know I have people that I talk to and you know I see them and they're like, oh, how's the podcast going? You know I heard the latest episode. You know how many episodes you guys working on now? Um, you know I had some ideas for topics and so like you know these are things that you know if we didn't have this going, be one less thing for people to talk about. But people actually show interest in it and. That makes you feel good, too, mm-hmm. uh, to know that, like, you're doing something and people are actually engaged and interested and, and want to know and see you prosper with it. Sure. That's right. That's a good one. And so, I think you, you mentioned on it, how do you know you have a good hobby or a good, good passion project? And that's tricky, right? Like, it's something that's going to challenge you, something that you enjoy, like something not too easy. Well, all right, it's it's okay if something's easy, but let's say if it's something with multiple levels. Like, let's say you want to do a puzzle. Well, some people really like puzzles. They may start with 100 pieces, 200 pieces, 500 pieces. Anything more than 500 pieces is usually weird because it's like you really <laughs> like torture. But no, but like, yeah, like right, I'm just going to keep knocking them out, see how good I am. Fine. Like anything that you really, really enjoy doing, maybe you're, you're a Pinterest wizard. My wife's a Pinterest like dynamo for some reason. Like just love, you know, finding things on Pinterest, trying new recipes, and you know, all right, you know what I, I well, you might know this, but a lot of people don't know. I love trying new cocktails, like mm-hmm. you know, drinks. I love making new drinks. I love going. I download apps. I go to a place that has a random, random list of drinks of putting stuff together and trying it out. Like I love that. I don't know if it would be considered a passion project, but if I could somehow be some sort of, I don't know. Like guy going to test up places out and between. cocktail connoisseur. I would I would love to be. That'd be something I'd love to do. But who knows? Maybe one day I don't know. Hey, but yeah, I mean, 
And and the truth is too, uh, people have t- rolled their hobbies into what some uh, use the term today as a hobby hustle. Um, <laughs> you know, you may be really good at something, and you may be able to turn it into something that can you know provide some financial means as well. You know, maybe you're a creative. Uh, maybe you design things, and you know now you set up a Shopify store, and you're selling your T-shirts, or you're selling your designs on bags, um, and things online. Um, or maybe one of your hobby hustles is thrifting. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you're going out and finding things at you know local thrift shops, um, and you're taking them, and now you're flipping them on eBay, you're flipping them on um, a Shopify store, or even uh, going out and, and sourcing things and selling it on Amazon. Um, these are all things that, you know, you could definitely have the capability of taking something that, you know, is a hobby and turn it into a hobby hustle and generate some more income uh, for yourself. If you can. That's the, that's the key. Yeah. That's the goal. Make, turn it into, uh, into, I don't want to say turn it into money, but yeah, turn it into Especially money. Especially if you can get to the point where it's passive income, then you're really cooking. Yeah, we're, we're, we, are, we are not that podcast. We don't know how to, we're not those millionaires like, you know... Get that point from regular income to passive income. Now you're building wealth. We're not there. I don't even know how to do that. So I, I just know how to help you get the job. That's all I know how to do. I don't know how to do none of that extra. Let, make your money make money. I don't even know what that really means. I wish I could like put $5 down somewhere. The only stock I bought was in my old company, and that jump went down. So I don't need, I, I'm not quite in that place yet telling people how to make their money make money. Well, maybe we'll have a guest on, and they can talk to that point. I mean, we probably have to pay them. Yeah. They're going to pay them soon. Uh, maybe yeah. somebody who just got cash like hey how do you do it you know you get like a random Warren Buffett type like hey so how do we how do we get that 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 uh, Berkshire Hathaway money yeah how do you do that $26,000 of stock beast, money some bespoke money <laughs> just like every minute is a, is $26,000 ah, whatever anyway, yeah. try. go ahead so yeah, so th- we thought this was a would be a good topic and you know we definitely want to hear your comments and we want to hear your feedback um, let us know what some of your hobbies are. Let us know if you've uh, been able to, to maturate your hobby into a hobby hustle um, and give us uh, some feedback on what you thought about this episode. And uh, always, uh, like we mentioned, don't forget to like, subscribe, um, repost the podcast, um, tag us at Great Parachute, hashtag Great Parachute, um, and let us know your thoughts. And uh, thank you for joining us again. I'm Gerard. And yeah, Emery Tarkin. And this is the Great Parachute Podcast. Take care, everybody.